Welcome to the Prophecy Club. We're going to continue in our training, again, assuming that you are going to be part of the army that God is going to use in these last days to walk in sevenfold miracles and to teach Bible prophecy. You recall, God has told me that I am called to build an end-time army of prophecy teachers working miracles, and I want you to be a part of that, which is why I want to lay hands on you at the Understanding End Times Conference, October 4, 5, and 6, when you can sign up at endtimesconference.com. I guess I should mention <laughs> it has, uh, well, let's see, it has been about four days, and we already have like 98 people registered, and there's only room for 350 so if you want to come, my recommendation is that you go to endtimesconference.com and get signed up. You'll notice at the bottom there you can add an additional donation, and that would be very nice because we have kept the registration fee down to a very low $25 as opposed to $222 for the Sevenfold Miracles Crusade. So anyway, what I'm doing here is getting you trained for the day when people are wanting to know about Bible prophecy, they see that the pre-trib didn't happen. They find themselves inside of a world of hurt. Now they need to know and understand. They need to understand quickly. And sad to say, there's not going to be very many people that's going to be able to give them an answer. And that's why God has you listening today to get you trained so you can give an answer. So today we're assuming that someone that is willing to believe that America is in the Bible, walks up to you and says, so, is America really in the Bible? Can you really show me where America is in the Bible? And we've already covered Revelation 18 and Jeremiah 50 and 51. I'm probably not going to cover Isaiah 21, but I am about to cover Isaiah 13 and also Isaiah 47, and we will conclude there. So, someone says, how do I know or where is America found in Bible prophecy? You can cover those. But you have to understand, especially in what I'm about to cover today, that the Bible says in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let a thing be established. So when it's really set in concrete, when it's really going to happen, it is always found in the Bible in two places. Also, I need to talk about that things in the Bible you'll find spread around. In other words, you don't just find, for example, about American Bible prophecy all in one place. You find some of it in Jeremiah, some Isaiah, and some Revelation. So he spreads it around. He spreads it around, spread over thousands of years, because again, God is infinite, so time simply does not mean anything to him. But what does mean something is that he fills his kingdom with those people that are supposed to be there. Now, I also want to talk about date stamps. Many times you can tell when things link together because you'll hear or see the same words as we're going to talk about, but you'll also see date stamps, and that tells you when this is going to take place. Yes, you also have to remember that prophecy repeats itself. In other words, maybe this prophecy occurred and was fulfilled. Maybe it was fulfilled to the T, say 2,500 years ago, as part of these were, but then all of a sudden we see a date stamp right in the middle of it that says it's happening towards the end days. It's in the last days. It's the last day's prophecy. So we have to conclude that that is also a repeating prophecy. Truth is, almost everything in the Bible is a prophecy, and it is constantly repeating on a cycle. Now, let's go to Isaiah. We're going to start at Isaiah 13, 5. They come from a far country. In other words, the people that will attack America. 
from the end of heaven, even the Lord and the weapons of his indignation to destroy the whole land. So it's while he uses the Russians, Cuba, Nicaragua, Central America, Mexico, and two other countries. Matter of fact, maybe I should start with that. Let's, uh, let me give you the, the warning of Demetri Dudeman. The angel came to him, in case you guys missed that, and said the fall of America will start with an internal revolution. Well, we're very close to that, may have even already started. This is definitely in the early phases. Start with an internal revolution started by the communists. I believe that that's like CNN, MSNBC, and those type guys. Started by the communists. Some of the people will start fighting against the government. The government will be busy with internal problems. Well, we are already having internal problems. Then from the oceans, Russia, Cuba, Nicaragua, Central America, Mexico, and two of the countries will attack and defeat America in one day. And remember that, because we're about to read that in this prophecy. In one day, in one hour, so great riches will come to naught. Now, verse 6. How ye, for the day of the Lord is at hand. Day of the Lord is one specific day. It happens on the last day of trumpets. Isaiah seventeen fourteen says, In the evening they are, in the morning they are not. In other words, when it says the day of the Lord, it is one evening and one morning. It's not a year. It's not a month. It's not even a full 24 hours because Jesus comes like a thief in the night. I mean, literally, he returns in the night, but by morning, they're all gone. That's how long it takes him to destroy all the evil on the earth. How ye for the day of the Lord is at hand. So this prophecy, while it may have been played before, and probably has, there is no question this prophecy is talking about the very last days just before Jesus returns, and I believe it's in the process of about to take place now. How are you for the day of the Lord is at hand? It shall come as a destruction from the Almighty. Therefore, shall all hands be faint, every man's heart shall melt. In other words, the military men will not be willing to fight. There's another scripture that says that they will stay in their holes and not come out of them. Anyway, every man's heart shall melt, and they shall be afraid. Pangs and sorrows shall take hold of them. They shall be in pain as a woman that travaileth. All right, now that's another time stamp. When it says woman that travaileth, for when they shall say peace and safety, sudden destruction shall come upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. So that's the second time stamp. This is telling us that this takes place in the last days, in my opinion, in the tribulation or very close to it. And we are very close to it now. They shall be in pain as a woman that travaileth. They shall be ashamed at one another. Their faces shall be as flames. Well, that's nuclear, but that's also that's a pretty good description of the morning star, that light sword that comes out of the mouth of Jesus. Behold, the day of the Lord cometh. That's the second time it gave us the time stamp there. Cruel, both with wrath, that's the morning star, both with wrath and fierce anger, to lay the land desolate. Well, in Revelation 18, it says that word, as a matter of fact, two places, and it has that same word desolate, and it, it shall be made desolate, it says, and he shall destroy the sinners thereof out of it. Well, that's the morning star. That's when he returns. Matthew thirteen thirty. gather you first the tares, bind them into bundles, cast them into the fire, then gather my wheat into the barn. That's destroying the sinners. That's the, uh, the morning star. But... It also could be the nuclear weapons, uh, the Russians attacking. 
this does sound like this is probably talking more about the second destruction. See, there's three places in the Bible where it says Babylon is fallen, is fallen, meaning that there's two destruction coming upon America. The first one is in the early days of World War III, and that's when, you see, Israel invaded, America sends help, and then the Russians attack us. Then the last one is very closely associated with the day of trumpets, the day of the Lord, the very last day, the day that Jesus returns and eternity splits time wide open. That's when the heaven rolls back like a scroll. That's the day Jesus returns. When eternity, darkness, that's eternity, enters into time and time is stopped. There is no more time. Destroy the sinners thereof out of it. For the stars of heaven and the constellations thereof shall not give their light. All right, well, hang on, hang on. I understand that the sun is going to go out, and that would mean that the moon would not shine. But how do you make the stars of heaven and the constellations thereof not give their light? Think about that. That's a really, really, I've got the answer, but that's a really, really big question. And I can tell you the truth. I didn't have that answer until eh, probably three months ago. I made a whole program on that. It's called Eternity Entering Into Time. And I think it would be well worth your time to go back and listen to that broadcast. So what is it? I mean, how do you make the stars of heaven? I mean, I can understand sun goes out, moon won't give off any light. I understand that. But how do you make the stars? Think about it. How do you make the stars withdraw their shining? Is what it says in another place. How do you make the stars of heaven, the constellations thereof, not give their light? The answer is because eternity, which is darkness, that's what there was before God said Bereshit, which is simply saying light. When he spoke the word light, there was light. And probably what that was was a big bang. The next thing he did was gather the waters. And he moved upon the face of the waters, the Bible says. I didn't say that he made any sea yet. He just moved upon the face of the waters. He gathered the waters, in my opinion, out of this particular universe, and he put all of the water on earth. I mean, everybody around, all, all these scientists, everything, they're all trying to look for some plant that has water, and they haven't found it because all of the water from all the other planets was gathered to this one, in my opinion. Then, and only then, he started creation of Earth. So the first thing he did was take darkness, which is eternity, and he spoke into that darkness by saying, Bereshit, and then he created time. When he said Bereshit, which is light, he didn't say let there be light. He simply said light. When he spoke that, that's when time started. And when he returns again is when time stops. And at the time of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God shall be finished as he has told to his servants, the prophets. So that's when time stops. That's what he's saying. That means that eternity, which is darkness, enters into time, stops time. In eternity, we will not be able to look up and see sun, moon, stars, nothing. The only thing we see is the light of the Lord coming from the mountain of the Lord, coming from the New Jerusalem, which is on top of the mountain of the Lord. And Jesus literally is the light of the world. So when he says, the stars of heaven 
and the constellation thereof shall not give their light. That just tells us when this is taking place. This takes place on the day of the Lord, on the last day of trumpets. This is when he burns up all of the tares. The sun shall be darkened and is going forth, and the moon shall not cause their light to shine. I will punish the world for their evil and the wicked for their iniquity. That's burning of the tares. I will cause the arrogancy of the proud to cease and will lay low the haughtiness of the terrible. This is when all evil, all of them, in a moment, and the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, that's when they're all destroyed. Remember the scripture where it says, As lightning shineth out of the east, unto the west, so also shall the coming of the Son of Man be. Well, if we are on earth at that time, and we see Jesus enter into earth, we would see that darkness, and out of that darkness comes Jesus and us, the armies in heaven following him in white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And that when he blows that that breath of his nostril, brandishes his sword, when he blows out that morning star, that light saber, it would look like as lightning shineth even from the east unto the west, so also shall the coming of the Son of Man be. So at that time, we would see all of a sudden these like laser flashes, except for it's not laser, and as that morning star hits a tear or a center, they fall to the ground in a pile of ashes and bones. Malachi 4.3 says there'll be ashes under the soles of our feet. And I believe it's Obadiah that says they will be as though they had not been, meaning it destroys both body and soul. No need to gather them up. No need to toss them into the lake, the burnt fire and brimstone, because when that morning star hits them, that is final judgment. Same thing with the two witnesses. They're out there walking up down the streets of Jerusalem. If any man hurt them, fire proceedeth out of their mouth and devoureth their enemies. And if any man hurt them, he must in this manner be killed. In other words, you mess one of those two witnesses and he just blows out fire right out of his mouth. He just blows it out. And whatever it hits turns to ashes, body and soul destroyed. That's what he's talking about here. Let's go to verse 12. Oh, a man more precious than fine gold, even a man than the golden wedge of Ophir. In other words, the people that survive the burning will be less in weight than all of the gold found upon the earth. That's what he's trying to say. There's another place in Isaiah that says few men are left because at that point, the only ones that are left standing are the few Christians that weren't killed because by this point, by the time the day of the Lord returns, like the other place Jesus said, unless it returned, no flesh would be saved. Because by the time he destroys all the wicked, there's not many of the Christians at this point left alive. I will shake the heavens, and the earth shall move out of her place. And of the wrath of the Lord of hosts and of the day of his anger, another place in Isaiah, what is it? We read it the other day. Isaiah 24 says the earth turns upside down. Verse 14. And it should be as a chaste roe. Now, a roe is a deer. So if you can imagine, everybody on earth is running like a deer being chased. In other words, they're just, they're running in all directions, but there's really no place to run to. Because at this point, Jesus is returning. He's using the morning star, and he's destroying all of the sinners. Again, you got to remove all of the tares, or you make the wheat bitter. It ruins the bread. So you can't have one sinner, not even one sinner will survive. As a chaste row, 
as a sheep that no man taketh up. They shall every man turn into his own people and flee every one to his own land. Every one that is found shall be thrust through. Every one that is joined unto them shall fall by the sword. Their children also shall be dashed to pieces before their eyes. Their houses shall be spoiled. Their wives shall be ravished. Now, this is talking about the New World Order army as it comes down in its attack against Jerusalem. Behold, I will strip the Medes against them. That's the people that live in Iraq and round about there. It's a spirit. It's not necessarily a geographical location, which shall not regard silver. And as for gold, they shall not delight it. In other words, when they come down and attack Israel here, they are not attacking Israel because they're trying to steal. They are attacking out of pure anger. Their bows shall dash the young men to pieces, and they shall have no pity on the fruit of the womb, of the womb. and their eyes shall not spare children. And Babylon, now I know you were probably saying, Stan, I thought you were going to tell us about where the Bible's talking about America. Because this sounds like Israel, this sounds like the day of the Lord, this sounds like the day that Jesus returns. Well, here it is. And Babylon. In other words, in the scriptures, America is called Babylon. And Babylon, the glory of the kingdoms, the beauty of the Chaldees' excellency shall be as when God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah. In other words, from fire. Now, hang on. I know what you're thinking. You're saying, wait a minute. The beauty of the Chaldees' excellency, what has to do with Iraq and Iran? That doesn't have to do with America. That's talking about the old Babylon. Well, wait a minute. Old Babylon was destroyed, what, 2,500, 3,000 years ago? I have to look it up again. Long time ago. It's not talking about the old Babylon. This is talking about the new Babylon, as in America. Other places in the scriptures, why you got to compare them, also refer to as when God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah is the way America is going to be overthrown here. So it says, Babylon, the glory of the kingdoms. Well, right now, of all the kingdoms on the earth, who I just heard on the TV again. I mean, it's almost every day. Well, we're the greatest nation on earth. I mean, it's like everybody is saying America is the greatest nation on earth. That's what it's saying. The glory of the kingdoms. And Babylon, the glory of the kingdoms. Now, when it says the beauty of the Chaldees' excellency, that, I believe, is not talking about a geographical location, someplace in Iraq. Yes, the Chaldees li- did live over in Babylon back in the days of Nebuchadnezzar, but this is not talking about Nebuchadnezzar Day. This clearly, this entire chapter is talking about the day of the Lord, the very last days. Okay, then Stan, you want to tell me why it says the beauty of the Chaldees' excellency. What is the Chaldees? Okay, well, you go back, and again, this is, a lot of this is pulled off the Internet. It's hard to find this stuff anymore, but... Chaldeans were a group of people in the days of Nebuchadnezzar, and they were the ones that told the king what to do. Yes, they had sorcerers, and they had astrologers, and they had stargazers and magicians and things like that. But the Chaldees were also considered to be wise men that tell the the leaders of the nation what to do. Well, did you know that our, for example, our inauguration day, January 20th, no matter what year, no matter what, it's always January 20th. Did you know that that is determined by the movement of the stars and the sun? That's all astrology stuff. And did you know that many of the things that are on our calendar are really all astrology stuff? Well, the Chaldees, that's what they were. They were astrologists. And I think here, maybe it's not here, maybe it's another scripture I was preparing 
But it talks about the Chaldees. So when it says the Chaldees, it's talking about evil that gives directions to a nation's leaders. So now let's read that in context. In Babylon, the glory of the kingdoms, the beauty of the Chaldees' excellency, shall be as when God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah. That's saying America, 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 America. So all of this is tied to America in her second is fallen. Remember, it says Babylon is fallen, is fallen. This is the second one. This is the day that that God destroys America. The Russians destroy us at the first, at the beginning days of World War III, and that's because of sins in the church. However, this is the destruction of America at the end because they killed the Christians. Remember where it says in Revelation, And when he opened the fifth seal, I saw unto the altar the souls of those that beheaded for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus. And I heard them cry with a loud cry, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell upon the earth? Why robes are given to every one of them, and said to them that they should rest yet for a little season, until their fellow servants and their brethren that should be killed as they were should be fulfilled. Yeah, a whole lot of them. A lot about to be killed. But let me just take that fear away. Let me just take the fear of whatever might happen to our body. We have to keep our eyes on Jesus, brothers and sisters. We have to. All of that other pain stuff and the the difficulty things that's coming upon the earth, all of it is to point us to Jesus. If we just keep our eyes on Jesus, he will take care of us. That was part of the prophecy. He will. He will, he will, he will. He is not going to leave us. He is not going to forsake us. That's part of what I was told August 8th of 2015 when I heard the audible voice of God say, this is the time of miracles. And then he downloaded to my heart as the judgment hit, so will my miracles. And these miracles are going to be greater miracles than anyone going all the way back to Adam has ever seen. And he is going to provide He is going to protect. He is not going to leave nor forsake us. He's not going to do it. So do not. How do I say this? How do I say this? Maybe the best way to say this. Okay, so I've been around this old prophecy game a long time. Forty. I I try to remember the other day. I, I think it was like 1980, somewhere in there. I started studying. No, it's 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 even before that. A long time, long time. Now, in all of those years, 160 guest speakers, we used to have 40 meetings a month, <laughs> all of the DVDs, all of the times I've traveled all across America teaching Bible prophecy, all the radio programs, all that. Did you know I have never had one dream that I was in some kind of a prison camp, that I was being beheaded, that I was being beaten? I never, ever have had any kind of a warning that I'm going to be any kind of difficulty like that. Instead, God has only shown us victory and blessings and wealth and oil and sports stadiums, people coming to Jesus in mass. He has only shown that I would be part of blessings. Now, I've had people come up to me and they've said before, oh, uh, you know, I had a dream, uh, you know, that, that I was being beaten or something like that. Well, then I'd suggest that you probably need to pray because that's probably God saying, if you don't pray, you may be in this. It's a warning. It's saying, I don't want you to be in this. It's a warning. Begin to pray against this, just like we need to be praying for uh, the the blessings 
of our president right now. We need to be praying for his protection. Last verse. It shall never be inhabited, neither shall it be dwelt in from generation to generation. I read that yesterday in Revelation 19. It says, Rejoice over her, thou heaven, ye holy apostles and prophets, for God hath avenged you on her. And again they said, Hallelujah, and her smoke rose up forever and ever. And I said that in my opinion, that's probably because some oil got set on fire, and even in eternity, God just continues to let it burn forever and ever and ever. Even in eternity, he does not put out that oil burning. It continues to burn. I do want to lay hands on you. I do want to anoint you with oil. I do want you to get this spirit of prophecy and teach prophecy and walk in sevenfold miracles. That means you have to come to the Understanding End Times Conference. Get signed up at endtimesconference.com. Endtimesconference.com. October 4, 5, and 6, it's the Understanding End Times Conference, Living Word Fellowship, 1051 Riverside Drive in Evansville, Indiana. Friday evening, 6.30, I'll speak on my seven seals, seven trumpets, seven vials chart. Saturday morning, 10 a.m., I'll speak on my feast and revelation prophecies chart. Saturday evening, 5 p.m., Leslie will speak on the Kundalini Spirit. Sunday morning at 10 a.m., I'll take half the time with Miss the Mark, my new book, and Leslie will take the rest of it. As you know, I'm called to build an end-time army of prophecy teachers working miracles. I want you to come so I can lay hands on you and anoint you for you to receive two anointings. The spirit of revelation as I received it when I memorized the book of Revelation. Two, to work in sevenfold miracles when the judgment arrives. The room only holds 350 people, and the church is probably going to take from 100 to 150 of them, so it will fill quickly. I suggest you do the $25 registration quickly at endtimesconference.com. $25 registration at endtimesconference.com, October 4, 5, and 6, Understanding End Times Conference, Living Word Fellowship, Evansville, Indiana. See you there! Now you can donate to the Prophecy Club on your mobile device. Just text the word PROPHECY to 444-999 and follow the prompts. Just text the word PROPHECY to 444-999 and follow the prompts. Message and data rates may apply. You can also listen to the Prophecy Club anytime on Alexa, Google Home, and YouTube. Just say, Alexa, play Prophecy Club. Our websites are prophecyclub.com. WatchProphecyClub.com, SevenfoldMiracleCrusades.com, and a Prophecy Club has been a blessing to you. And if God has blessed you, when it comes time for your giving, please remember Prophecy Club. It's summertime. We really could use your help now. Thank you, and God bless. The summer blowout is now in effect. This amazing offer is only offered for a brief time each summer. Right now, you can get 50 DVDs for a gift of $250, that's 5 bucks each, 25 for $160, $640 each, 15 for $120, $8 each, 10 for $100, $10 each, 6 for $70, $1160 each, 4 for $50, $1250 each, or 2 for $30, obviously $15 each. A single DVD is a gift of $30. See the selection of over 230 DVDs at prophecyclub.com bookstore. Or download our catalog. Note your selections, but you have to call our office 785-266-1112 to place your order. You have to call 785-266-1112. And this is probably going to be the last summer we make this offer. Prophecyclub.com, 785-266-1112. Prophecyclub.com, 785 785- 
This offer expires the end of August. This offer expires the end of August. In 2017, I memorized the book of Revelation just as a simple project. God showed me a secret door, which is based upon a single word found in Revelation and Leviticus, linking the feasts to the prophecies. When linked, a person enters into an understanding of Bible prophecy not previously known. Even though I've been in the world of Bible prophecy for 40 years, frankly, I did not know anything of what is in this book. One prophetic word described it this way. There is a lock that I have put over a word in the book of Revelation that I'm going to open to you. It will turn so many books written on the end time message into obsolete books. That's this book. Two amazing prophecy charts on the back flap, 12 inches by 9 inches. Imagine a book on prophecy that brings a fresh, new, accurate perspective. I don't want you to get one book for $20. I want you to get five books for $30 or 10 for $55. It's called The Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy. Available at prophecyclub.com. The Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy. One for 20 No, no, no. Don't do that. You want to get five for 30 or the best deal, 10 for 55 prophecyclub.com.